Hello, this is the audio-only version of the Council on Future Conflicts. If you prefer video, please join us on the Future Conflicts channel on YouTube. If you'd like to watch the show live and participate in the chat, the show begins at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, as well as a special Saturday evening show at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, sharing our show with friends, and reviewing us on your podcasting app of choice. Now on with the show. Good morning, and uh, welcome to the uh, day 23 of the Ukraine war. This is the Council on Future Conflicts, uh, Writers Fix Problems YouTube channel. My name is Scott McCullough. Uh, I am your host, and uh, thanks for jumping in here and joining me in this amazing panel. 48 folks right off the bat. So that's, I don't know if that's a record for us, you know, as an initial audience. So we appreciate you guys being here. Clearly, if you haven't uh, already subscribed to the channel, you'll want to do that. Uh, subscribing to the channel gives gives you notifications and things like that. So you never miss an episode. Uh, also, uh, hit that like button uh, and, and make sure that uh, you kind of tell the algorithm that this is a show worth watching. Um, a lot of you guys have reached out either on Twitter or uh, other various ways. Uh, comments in the videos after, uh, you know, after we've, you know, you watch it as a replay, I want to let you know that that is, you know, very gratifying to see. Um, and every time somebody has a, uh, a comment or a uh, suggestion, we take it to heart. And if it's addressed to one of the panel members, I'm passing it along. So I just want to say thank you. Um, all right. Good morning, panel. Good morning, council. Stands up at top. I don't think Stan. You, I don't know if you've ever had this top position here. You know, no, I'm you usually go, I'm usually late. But, uh, that's right. Stan was Stan was like way early. Uh, you guys would be proud of him. Um, and because of that, he said he told me I have to be uh, I have to be uh, quick concise. and to the point. Uh, yes, that's right. Concise, even. Uh, he's like a, a virtual thesaurus just under my head. So please continue to feed me words as we go throughout the day. Uh, sometimes I get a little tongue-tied. Um, Stan, we can find you on Twitter. That's pretty much it. You're kind of a you're a KG dude. Twitter is the best place to find you at at, at the Virginia gentleman. Uh, Jen, Jen, no, it's just G E N one. Um, gender one. One gender. There's no there's yeah. no two genders. There's only one gender. That's correct. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? Doing fine. Doing fine. Glad to be here at the beginning. I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't normally see how the sausage is made. It's it's interesting. <laughs> well, I think that I think you know my uh, my uh, verbose tours around Ukraine have uh, have have uh, had a you know a negative effect on your uh, attendance. So I appreciate you being here, brother. No, uh, no problem. Joe, Joe is the purveyor of uh, tactical wisdom, uh, both a book series and a website. How are you doing today? I am. I'm well and good, and I want you all to turn down the sun. I might have had too much Jameson last night for St. Patrick's <laughs> Day, so if we could just keep it down, that, that would be great. That'd be great, please. Shades. Little, Get your shades. Little, little post uh, Pat, St. Patrick's Day, you know. Well, when I get it, but I got a text message from a from a defense contractor who said, "Hey, let's come on and have some beer." So I wanted to, I wanted to kind of pick his brain about some of these events going on. And um, little did I know that there would be, you know, more than just beers and it would be a little bit longer than planned. That's all. Good times. Well, you probably, you, you, I, I know you're not a, you know, a hard drinker, Joe. I mean, you know, you probably forgot all about St. Patrick's Day, didn't you? 
<laughs> no, <laughs> I have a rather large and extensive collection of Jameson waiting for this day. So, Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, yeah, St. Patrick's Day doesn't get a you know isn't huge in uh, South Korea, but uh, you know, I think uh, I think people appreciate the opportunity to drink some Irish whiskey. Um, speaking of Irish whiskey, Ron. <laughs> no. Ron, uh, Ron is uh, the, uh, you know, he is the, you know, the big toe of our group, uh, former CIA paramilitary officer uh, and a uh, hopeful public servant uh, coming up here. Uh, Ron, how are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm doing great. And I'm, I'm all about American whiskey, a.k.a. bourbon. Yeah, me too. I mean, I can I can appreciate scotch and and jameson's and things like that but and i could even appreciate tennessee whiskey but there is a special place in my heart and and probably a 30-minute conversation that we could get dragged into if we start talking about bourbon so <laughs> uh you have you ever had japanese whiskey i have suntory is great yeah there's surprisingly some decent very drinkable uh japanese whiskey and the funny thing is is it's all it's cheaper over here in in South Korea, so I haven't really uh, bought any since I've been here. But I see it, and I'm like, I'm tempted. And and Bill Murray did some great commercials in Lost in Translation. <laughs> oh my God, that was such a funny movie. Uh, just remember, the more of that you drink, the more drinkable it is. Like anything. <laughs> well, the, so there's there should be like a you should you should be able to order like hey, I'm, I need a ten drink sliding scale at a bar and basically your first like two or three drinks are like top shelf and mid shelf and then like you know you're getting the plastic jug stuff uh, in drinks seven eight and nine you know I think well, that that's why you go to the the place that has Milwaukee's best on special after the third <laughs> beer it doesn't matter that's right. right. Well, I mean, you know, is there a Milwaukee's best version of, say, uh, like a stout or something like that? Because, you know, there's probably Milwaukee's best ice or something silly like that. Could you, ima could you imagine a bad version of a stout or like a, a porter, porter or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you if you drink uh, like local craft brews, when they sometimes they try to make a stout, it's it's 10 W40. I mean, it's oh, it's, it's bad. It's, it's I can well see that's this is it. That's that's exactly the kind of beer that I wouldn't try there. You know, if you're trying the local beer, you're always it's always safer to go with like the lager, even like IPAs and things like that. I mean, first of all, nobody really likes an IPA, uh, but you know. So this morning's poll question in, in in the aftermath of St. Patty's Day is, how many folks actually lifted a Guinness yesterday? Anybody how many folks actually what lifted a Guinness yesterday? Talking about stouts, I mean that's oh yeah, 16... that's, that's actually the the that's Saint Patrick himself did that, I believe. So it's kind of a tradition. Yeah, it's not Saint Patty's Day without it. That's right. Hold on. So uh, let's see, Mike, you're off being awful quiet down there. How how goes it? Well, all, all this talk of drinking. I just want, I know, I know the panel knows, but I want the listeners to know that I am the paragon of virtue, uh, you know, because I don't drink. You know, I'm a non-drinking person, paragon of virtue, by God. I got some static on my end because yeah, that doesn't sound right. You're coming, in, you're coming in broken and unreadable. Broken uh, and right? distorted. 
yeah. <laughs> and I was looking at, uh, uh, I think, at John Unwell's comment. Uh, what do you say? Something about no such thing as too much. And, there we go. And I, I, I deviate from that a little bit. And I say, there's no such thing as overkill. And that's what these books are about. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about Romeo. I just want to know if that's half a Guinness that was left over from last night. Well, if or, you guys, or, uh, or if he's poured a fresh one. I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll invite the chat to uh, join in the poll in the, or in the chat. Uh, you know, so yesterday, uh, how many of you had a Guinness yesterday? The answer is, of course, yes or no. And so right now we're looking at 40% is a yes and 60% no. So uh, I, I, I invite the council to add your votes to the poll. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. What's this stuff called? Soju? Soju? Soju, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's isn't that what you drink on St. Patty's Day in South Korea? In South Korea? Well, I mean, that's what some people drink. But I prefer to actually not uh, to, like, deline the, the my esophagus. Uh, so, you know, the mucus from the, you know, skin. So, man, I, I swear you could, that's like paint thinner. I, it's not true. The old school soju was like paint thinner, but man, the newer sojus are pretty, are pretty mild. I don't know how they, how they're getting it. And then they have all the flavored sojus like peach soju and, Ooh. and then, and then you've got the all the mixes like so like somek which is where you mix soju and uh, like so you put like a shot glass worth of uh, soju in a in a glass of beer and then you you know and then the rest of it's beer so it's a uh, huh you know you're spiking well, your beer essentially you know drink, drinking in Asia is a context port uh, oh absolutely and and the the weirdest thing I ever saw was. And I won't go into the history, but there was a there was a guy you can look it up. There was a guy who defected from Taiwan to the mainland years and years ago, and he was the first guy. And and I ended up in a bar with him and a couple of other folks on a deal in China. And he was now he was a he, he ended up being promoted. He was like a, a brigadier general in the logistics corps for the PLA area, and but nobody trusted him. His drink was to take Chevis Regal and just take the salt shaker and pour salt into it and stir it up. And that was the worst thing I think I've ever seen or drank um, in, in Asia. That was that was bad. So I, I don't recommend it. Huh? That's nasty. That yeah, is that nasty. disgusting. Yeah. That, cool. yeah that, it, so that gives you some a look into the mind of somebody who would have defected from from. Uh, from uh, Taiwan, and he took his jet with him. That there was a bounty, uh, his weight in gold, sort of thing. And I asked him why he did it, and he said because he'd broken up with his girlfriend and he was depressed. <laughs> okay. So there you go. Hey, uh, real quick, we weren't here yesterday, of course. Uh, uh, Joe and myself were on Legal Mindsets uh, channel, and I just want to say uh, I mentioned Dyatica as one of our mods yesterday because she was hooking and jabbing in the chat over there. Um, and she's that's where she came from, uh, if I remember correctly. She she's an import from Legal Mindset, but also Rick Duke of Malta, another one of our our mods. He was over there too, but I literally forgot, and I saw him later in the chat, and I realized I sh I left him out. So I just wanted to make sure I gave both of our mods 
uh, who who are both here. Uh, a shout out and and a thank a big thank you for uh, you know kind of coming over here, taking on the uh, community, and then also representing our community back over there at Lingo Mindsets Chat. Um, next time we go over, I, it, it looks like from for now and then into the near future, we may have a, a, like a weekly opportunity to, to hang out with uh, Andrew. So uh, definitely uh, I would recommend all you guys checking out that cha his channel. We'll probably continue to do that at the uh, nine o'clock hour, maybe on probably on Thursdays going forward, but I'm not sure. Um, it just kind of depends on what's going on in the world. You know, uh, it, in the event of nuclear war, maybe we won't do it. But then again, maybe we'll be safe in Asia and it'll just be me and him uh, or the last two uh, people on YouTube. You know, Ron will be in his bunker, but unfortunately cut off by the EMP. Uh, Joe will be, you know, protecting somebody and but also, uh, you know, collecting last minute resources uh, that he finds, you know, loot dropping. And Stan will, of course, uh, be living in some uh, country surrounded by a house full of gold bricks. So I'll uh, be making my way to stands to to fulfill my role as the uh, security as the, And so we're looking for an abandoned mine up that way, but it's got to have rail into it. So that's the that's our that's next point. That's our next. Uh, that's our next deal. Yeah, LawTube, if you guys are not, like, looking at LawTube, I, well, first of all, I know you guys are looking at LawTube, but let me tell you how. Um, as part of the analytics of uh, YouTube, I can see what other channels my audience looks at. And so the number one channel is Rick, uh, Rick, Rick Nikita. Nick Ricada, and then the second is Viva Fry, Legal Mindset, and then Joe uh, Good Logic, and then I can't remember the fourth one, but it's another uh lawtube channel so clearly you guys are loving the lawsuit if you're not uh if you're not uh subscribing to those guys please do um you know nick ricardo is one of my regular uh watches just when i i need something to do um and he's had some really good content over the last couple of days um and then uh, clearly legal mindset is another great one and then uh, uh good logic uh joe oh my god you guys have got to go back and look at joe's um uh, he was dressed as a purple something. What's the uh, Jewish holiday on St. Patrick's Day? Purim or something like that? Maybe the chat knows. I don't know. Anyway, he was dressed up and he was drunk and he was covered. He, he had purple like paint on and like some kind of toga type deal. And, oh, he was so drunk. And uh, Nick and, and Andrew were both on his uh, his channel. And it was, it was some of the best YouTube I've seen since... <laughs> Flashcast, which is another great show. It was uh, Saint Barney's Day. Saint, <laughs> yeah, Saint the the Purple Jew. Saint Barney, the Purple Jew. Uh, okay, Purim. See, Stuart knew. Lawverse knew. See, see, the chat. The chat keeps me straight. Um, oh yes. Yeah, so, uh, so we Hi, are <laughs> watcher. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to take my time and I'm going to pimp the thing I've one of the several yeah, things absolutely. I've been working Go on for it. the show. So, hey, guys, in case you've ever been like, hey, I, I, I want to keep watching the show, but I have to go and drive. We now offer an audio only version of all the shows. Uh, it's available on most major podcasting apps except for Apple, because I don't know why. It just, it's not working. It, I, <laughs> anyhow, I'll let you guys know when it's available on Apple, but for now you can get it basically everywhere else. 
Yeah, That's it. yeah, you, you you're killing it, Watcher. We're so we're working on the rebrand. Um, we should have some news on that uh, in the near future, as far as uh, the the imagery and all that kind of stuff. And uh, but I can tell you right now, the name of this YouTube channel will stop being Writers Fix Problems, and it will start being uh, Future Conflict. So I can I can tell you that uh, we're definitely going to focus on. Um, this channel will focus exclusively on conflicts and the things that cause conflict uh, on the global stage. Um, and, you know, we'll be kind of diving into various different stuff. Uh, you know, we've we've kind of exhausted uh, the Ukraine, Russia thing. This will probably be um, the last regular daily show on Ukraine and Russia. And then Ukraine and Russia will just be kind of a, a segment that we update you on. Uh, going forward. If there's some big stuff happens, then we'll jump back into the Ukraine only format. But uh, we've got a lot of other topics that we want to branch out into. And I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, the, some of the cool guests that we're talking about bringing on um, some real experts, the kind of, and, you know, this long form kind of a discussion is something that you just don't get from the regular news. Really, the podcast world is the only only place you're seeing this. And I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, a lot of the other kind of national security podcasts, they're either way too straight laced and they get very academic and nobody wants to kind of really say what they believe. They, they want to say they want to stay very safe uh, or uh, they talk about kind of like what they did in the past. And so we're not focused on the past. We're focused on the future. Um, and, uh, you know, I try to bring these smart guys together and we we discuss where we think the world's going. And, you know, we may, if, if, if we can get a 40% correct rate, I think we're doing awesome though. So Joe, I swear the more and more we make predictions, the more and more, a lot of those predictions are coming true, which, you know, I'm not necessarily happy about. On hey. Twitter, they, they refer to me as Joe Stradamus. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, I just got one more thing to say about this real quick. All you people who like to come into our chat and type first, uh, we currently have several podcasts out there with zero subscribers. So go race and see who can be the first. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. If, if you, and if, if you guys are inclined to, we'd appreciate um, almost all these podcasts uh, go off of kind of like a reviews and things like that. Um, so if, if, you know, you guys are, if you're a regular of the channel, you already know what's in these shows, say on Spotify Go over there and uh, and put some reviews. Uh, say some nice things about us if you don't mind. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, the last thing I'll talk about is just some of the monetization stuff. So, like I said, uh, the last show, um, channel memberships is a thing now. So, if you join the channel, if if you think you may do a five dollar super chat, don't do the super chat. Become a a, a channel member. Here's the reason why: with every five dollar membership that you do, actually, it's four ninety nine. You get a free member chat, which acts exactly the same as a super chat, and I'll treat it the same as a five dollar super chat. You get one of those every month, so so then you've got your super chat for five bucks, and then in addition to that, you'll also gain access to our uh, private uh, kind of group show that we're going to do, where we're going to invite we're going to invite you into the Streamyard session, and uh, you'll be able to become part of the show and ask questions of the panel. Uh, and actually kind of come in and, and, and be part of the action. That'll only be available for channel members. Uh, and so, you know, you know, early on, the channel membership is going to be so small that you're going to have a lot of FaceTime with these guys on that uh, show. So just 
keep that in mind. If that's something you think you might be interested in, uh, please do. Uh, you know, Hunch right here was our was our first uh, channel member. So I'd like to say say thank you to Hunch. He, he joined right at the end of the last show and I didn't get a chance to really kind of uh, talk about it, but uh, appreciate you, brother. And uh, looking forward to some of, the, some of you guys joining. Uh, one of the things too is uh, from time to time, we made members in a chat. So that'll give you get Everyone is now frozen. I lost audio. Uh -oh. Are you guys seeing that? Yeah, I'm seeing the chat, but uh, a lot of that's probably on their end. Can you guys hear anybody else on the panel? Yeah, I, I, I hear all of you. I think the panel's fine. I think it's a connection to YouTube from stream. I know. I'm, I'm actually. Yeah. Okay. I think we're good now. I can hear it coming through YouTube. Give me okay, a one, good. yeah. Give me a one in the chat if you guys can hear it. Somebody must have crossed the streams. All right, so it's back. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that was with YouTube, not with us, because you know the whole time we could hear all hear each other in the streamyard. So weird. Thank you, Danielle, for actually. Yeah, there we go. T did it. Look at the ones are finally coming. There we go. All right. All right. So anyway, the channel membership and then also uh, Super Chats, as you guys know, if you uh, give me a five dollar or a higher Super Chat, you're I interrupt where we're at and uh, and we jump right to your question. So uh, give it a, you know, give give that a blow if uh, you have a question you want to answer. All right. Hey, people people saying that the quality is low, that should up itself automatically over time as the stream stabilizes. Yeah, I think this is a YouTube thing and. I think that Romeo's blurriness has more to do with his activities of, of last night. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing, the thing because we're going through StreamYard, it's not like it's coming from me. Like, you guys are all coming through me and then me to YouTube. It's going all to StreamYard servers and stream. So it may be a StreamYard thing on their end. Uh, but, but, you know. Getting to the map. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hi. I think Russian hackers are DDoSing us because they know we're about to go into the the real important stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's jump into the map or let's look in. Uh, we're going to look in at Kiev. Um, so uh, as we know, Russian forces continue to push uh, into the western suburbs of Kiev. We talked about that a little bit yesterday on uh, Andrew's show, uh, but their progress is not it, it, it slow or not at all. Um, Ukrainian forces northwest of Kiev launched several local counterattacks and, and have inflicted heavy damage on Russian forces. Um, so of note, we've We've got a little video of a of a of a helo attack. Um, just based on my take and looking at the terrain, and I'm pretty sure this is Hostomel Air Airport. So this is the airport we've ref we've shown in several videos in the past. Um, and so there, this is the close air support uh, in in support of that initial attack. So this video could literally be two three weeks old, uh, and that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but it, anyway, it's a pretty good video. It's uh, inter inside of a uh, KA-52, um, and I, you know we've we've focused we featured that uh, helo several times, and I thought it, it was worth seeing again. 
So what's with the uh, what's with the clothesline in there? Well, sometimes you want to just dry off your t-shirt. You just kind of hang it over the clothesline. <laughs> sometimes you know. Sometimes it's your pants. Sometimes it's your uh, pants. That last rocket got a little close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So so moving over to Chernev. Uh, so Chernev came into the uh, news quite a bit in the last twenty four hours. This you know a lot of stories about the uh, American who was killed. Um, you know. A lot of different stories we heard, but the best uh, news, that, uh, the the most solid news we have on that is that he was waiting in line for bread, and uh, indirect fire hit near him, and he was just unlucky. Um, so I was told that Vasily Saitsev shot everyone in that line one by one. Well, I I heard that the the Ukrainian bread was so good that everybody in line just st- stayed there and said, "Well, the next he'll probably run out of ammo." Oops, nope. Maybe the <laughs> next guy will run out of ammo on. So you know. Um, More bread. Anyway. So, so while the city continues to hold uh, and the Russians uh, spending valuable resources pinning down, uh, pinning down the defenders and securing the nearby G-locks, uh, it's reported that Russians have deployed reserve elements of the 1st Guards Tank Army and Baltic Fleet uh, Naval Infantry to northwestern Ukraine. Uh, and that was on March 17th. Um, this one potentially has the potential to lead to a, a renewed offensive push against some of these pockets in Chernihiv and Naziev. So um, maybe we'll see some movement there. They also may be uh, pushing some of those uh, uh, to kind of solidify their hold on uh, the, the area just to the uh, northeast of uh, Kiev. So uh, we'll see that development kind of shake out in the next couple of days. All right, moving to Kharkiv. Um, okay, in this area, we, we, see, we continue to see indirect fire bombardments on the, on the town. Uh, Kharkiv city proper, Ukrainian forces repelled Russian operations uh, and reportedly killed a regimental commander. Uh, a new development is the offensive push from Russian-held territory in East Kharkiv. Uh, so this is not Kharkiv proper, but directly to the east of Kharkiv. Um, yeah, so... You, yeah, you're right. And and that's that push down towards the uh, forces coming out of Donetsk uh, with the idea to cut off the border of, uh, you know, eastern Ukraine and, and potentially uh, create a pocket uh, that uh, that may uh, actually uh, cover up all of Kharkiv as well. So. All right. So anyway, looking down the uh, line of control, um, the next city that's really kind of uh, drawing our attention continuously over the last few days uh, is uh, Mariupol. So uh, while the Ukraine defenders continue to hold out, Russia has gained ground in the city's western corridor. Uh, In the last 36 hours, um, Russian mechanized forces continue to lose equipment and men to Ukrainian anti-armor ambushes. Another development in, in the southern front is that Russia maybe parceling out elements of the reserve force uh, that could conduct amphibious operations along the Black Sea coast to support ongoing operations at Mariupol, further reducing the likelihood of Joe's uh, Russian amphibious assault. I mean, I'm sorry, Joe, if, you know, I was really hoping that we would get that uh, amphibious assault on Odessa, but it seems like they keep piecemealing all of the naval infantry forces out to these other uh, parts of the conflict. Yeah, I think they're just using them there as a feint to tie down uh, a good chunk of the Ukrainian army in Odessa. 
system. And yeah, we I still see this issue here, too, of we need to get a public service campaign to convince the Ukrainian people to turn their camera sideways. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, public education campaign. Yeah. Uh, Remember, kids, vertical video is a crime against humanity. They have right. small Joanne, hands. They can only hold it that way. <laughs> Joanne Lynn uh, has joined uh, channel membership. Thank you, Joanne. Uh, just joined the membership. Glad to have found your channel. Brilliant panel. Don't I know it? These guys make me look so smart. Um, you, you, but they are so mean to me behind behind the scenes. You wouldn't believe. Oh, did I say that out loud? So I had the link. <laughs> I had the link, but I can't find it. Just to support what Scott was saying. Also, the. Um, the ships, the, the the landing ships, as well as all of their escort ships, it's reported that they've now scrubbed all of their identifying markers off. So it'll be a lot harder to tell when they have shuffled troops out up to Mariupol instead of uh, having them as part of that feint. Yeah. Yeah. A hey, uh, watcher, if you want, and Scott, if you want, there, I just sent watcher video of that Kadyrov posted in Mariupol, Chechens oh. on, on Azov Brigade. So you may want to pull that up too. So. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's yeah, put that while we're here. I. It's in your DM. These are home movies by Kadyrov. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Look at look at all that fire discipline. I was gonna say, I'm seeing I'm seeing some of that Middle Eastern style. Uh, you know, it's volume. And pray. Yeah, it's I'm gonna volume. crouch down in the open and hope that I don't die. That's good. <laughs> and That's and solid. fire up at an elevated position that has cover. Mm. Well, nobody ever said these Chechnyans were cowards. That's for sure. Let, let me give you a little tactical wisdom. You can fire from inside of a window down at the ground and hit things. You cannot fire from the ground up at a window and hit things. Nope. Especially not with just... Oh, uh, well, okay. So the, the guy with the machine gun there might have a small chance. Yeah. It's a shame that, that no one uh, skipped a ricochet into Kadriov's head, but... I don't think he's oh. really there. Come on. Yeah, it's what you don't think this is actually him? He's not on the front line. I'm sure I, I, this is probably his TikTok channel. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Is that somebody wait. just like bringing home their groceries? <laughs> meanwhile, these dudes shooting at the building. She decided. Well, it, it looks the, like the one the of the bread. nice Chechens has decided to help her out. The bread is really good. The bread is well, really good. Yeah. The bread she's, is she's, so she's, good in Ukraine. Uh, oh. Andrew's fan will appreciate that uh, she has decided to become unbreaded and to get the hell out of there. Ooh, and I'm this sure guy is has. like, look, at I'm helping On the paper? little kitties. I gave him a stuffed animal. Look at how nice we are to these people. Oh, yeah, there it is. On paper. As Unbreaded. on. Yeah, I just killed her husband. But... <laughs> She's now wife number four. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, let's see some unbreaded in the chat. There we go. Danielle, she, she knows. <clears throat> you know, it, this, this just reminds me real quick before we move on. It's it's always very important. Just, just a, a quick matter of courtesy, folks. Please always remember that uh, you never ask a man his salary. You never ask a woman her age. And you never ask a Ukrainian fighter what this patch means. 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you know, there is some irony, the Chechens fighting the Azov. It's kind of like, you know. It, it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's like a fight made in hell. And you know what? I, I'm I'm totally okay with both sides fighting each other to the death, to their mutual destruction. And, you know, if one of them survives, maybe that person will have learned a lesson and will, you know. All right. Anyway, Marty pulls a mess. Uh, you know, let me uh, let me read my little paragraph on it here. Um, uh, so. You know, one of the other things, too, is that um, we have seen uh, significant pushes uh, by the Russians into Mariupol, especially the eastern, uh, the western portion of the city. So continue to to look for that. Um, that was another another incident. There was the uh, the uh, theater being hit. You know, it was marked children on the outside, but it still got hit. Uh, no, there's no way of knowing if that was an errant rocket or if that was a direct targeting. Um, but evidently, I think the there were no casualties. Is that what I heard? Did you guys hear anything more about that? There's reports now of casualties, you know, because it, it sells well. You know, oh, my God, you know, we had a thousand people in the theater and, and it was, you know, clearly marked. And gosh, you know, how dare you strike the baby milk factory? Wait, wrong conflict. Sorry. Wrong conflict, but same <laughs> idea. So, I mean, and, you know, it's that kind of outrage that will continue to, you know, talk our talk our uh, politicians and our allies into World War III. Um, let's just hope that, that they are smart enough to avoid that step. Well, well, they're not, because I don't know if you guys saw the conversation between Tucker Carlson and Maria Salazar, but she said she's worried that us not stopping Putin violently will embolden other dictators like Xi and Fidel. Yeah, I, I just want to bring up. I'm also afraid of Fidelito. That uh, that that, that northern man <laughs> well, above us is a total well, master of disguise. The, the Canadian dictator. Came, yes, yeah. and if he came to take you out, you wouldn't know it was him. You'd be laying down to go to sleep with your wife, and she would roll over and just be like, "I told you it was lockdown time, bitch." Well, you know, he'd come okay. in in blackface, and you would blame it on uh, completely different people. So. <laughs> But legit, I think it's it's kind of ridiculous that a Cuban-American U.S. representative does not know that Fidel has been dead for years. Right. That's kind of like Franco, right? Yeah. Right. The old Saturday Night Live sketch. Right. And, fr and he's, Franco's now been dead. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Looking well, at I, I, can give you, I can give you some insight as to that whole Chechen thing with the, the Ukrainian woman, and that is if this is a true historical fact. Suleiman the Magnificent, Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, the greatest queen in the history of the Ottoman Empire, was a Ukrainian peasant woman slave who he married and became his major advisor. <laughs> Roxolana. That's honest to God truth. Yeah, Watch I it know. And pull it up. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe she they're all looking. They're all looking for an advisor. All, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's like you know, Ukrainian, uh, Ukrainian only fans before they had only only fans. Pretty much that was it. It was an OnlyFans. I think she, that he was she, mo she monetized it. Hat. Yeah, she, she she monetized her biggest simp. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. His hat Sorry. is what makes him mad. Diatica, I saw that meme too. That was really funny. 
you guys see the picture of uh, of uh, Trudeau talking to the uh, Canadian military guys? And the guys he was talking to all had face paint on. And it said something like, you know, like, oh, I also enjoy painting my face. <laughs> well, that's true. He does. All right. Sorry, okay. I, I, I've now hijacked the map segment a second time. So, Well, you, you can't blame me for that. So. I know. We're I'm, better not, for I'm, not. I'm not. I'm yeah, and, not. And, right. And Ron is correct. We're better for it. All right. Continuing on. Um, the Southern Front. So uh, what we're looking at is it's pretty much everything from uh, the, the western side of Mariupol all the way over to uh, to Kherson and, and to the north. Um, all right. So uh, Russian forces did not conduct any offensive operations toward Mikhlev, uh in the last day and continue to reinforce existing positions around the city. Uh, the Ukrainian general staff reports that Russian forces secured minor successes uh, in attacks towards Kiriv, uh, Re, 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 I, I still don't know how to say that, that name. Uh, and that was on March 17th. Um, Russian forces. What's that? Indianapolis. That'll work for <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Objective you Indianapolis. Know, you know, yeah. these Ukrainian names are actually harder than Russian names, which is kind of surprising. It's um, a much Russian... more primitive. Hold on. Hold on. I got you. Krivy Rich. Krivy Rich. Krivy Rich. Indianapolis. <laughs> I'm not even, yeah, after I heard the word. Sure she's I saying I Indianapolis. Like, I <laughs> Indianapolis. <laughs> As you can see, the speedway here. <laughs> yeah, that's the circular track in red. Um, <laughs> and that's, where the Russian, that's where the Russian Grand Prix event is going to move to. Is, uh, <laughs> not from Sochi to Indianapolis. <laughs> By the way, I started. I I, I I watched a little bit of that Formula One uh, show on uh, Netflix. That's really good, by the way. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, the Ukrainian general staff reported that Russian forces secured minor successes in the attacks on uh, March 17th. Russian forces did not conduct any offensive operations directly towards Zaporizhia uh, on March 17th. The Ukrainian general staff reported at midnight local time on March 16th that Russian forces are relocating equipment, likely helicopters that survived the Ukrainian airstrike on the Kherson airfield on March 16th. So clearly they're, they were stung by that. And now they're, you know, kind of, they've learned their lessons and they're, they're going to have to stage their helicopters further back. I'll be honest with you guys, instead of putting my helicopters at a, um, I would probably just move around. I mean, in these fields, it would be really easy to kind of set up a, a far slash, um, you know, temporary uh, helo base, I think, in just fields. I mean, I know that's where, you know, the 101st, you, you go through out the back 40 and you're constantly seeing, um, and this is Kursan, right, actually. These are like Oman uh, special police. Uh, these are those Ruskovard uh, SWAT teams. So going in to, you know, they've got, they've got their little bulletproof shield. I don't want to be that guy. Right. Actually, they, they can't do a farp in a field, Scott, because the uh, the uh, soil is too uh, oh, soft. Oh, that's right. They, yeah, yeah. They got that soft, they, especially down in there by Kursan. You know, they'd have to right. go further north to be able to do I that. I mean, unless we start seeing uh, truckloads of steel matting, PSP, pure steel planking, or, or yeah, you know, yep. a ton of dump trucks with uh, gravel. But then um, that it, yeah. that that kind of you know negates the whole point of why of how you would do it with uh, being able to be mobile and move it around so that they can't get a fix on where you're operating out of. I think ultimately they're just going to have to go down into Crimea and, well, and base out of uh, Crimea. 
the latest Russian doctrine came out and said that mobility and combined arms, you know, working conjunction, you know, air ground coordination is a Western concept and it's unproven. So I, I think we just leave it there. Well, that was a joke. So a very on. poorly thought out one, but never mind. The, the man with the rifle shoots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the man next to him yeah. picks up the rifle. Picks up the rifle. <laughs> it's, it's combined arms. Just, just follow Judd Law around and you'll you'll pick up a rifle. Uh, this what is, this is a very bad meme. <laughs> hey, real quick, hey, hey, show the uh, the video of the air. I don't know if you guys watch this, but what it is, it's two SU-25s that are strafing a Russian convoy. And the first one drops a bomb and gets a hit on the uh, convoy. But then... Um, but then, but then there's this problem with being the number two uh, airship in a uh, in a two ship bombing run, right? Well, then the second, you know, the, the they get that first hit, but then the second plane comes in to do his run, and watch what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess he decides to he say, not you know, survive that Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that was the equivalent of the fat Ukrainian pilot, but he's not walking out of that. That's for sure. Yeah, no. Yeah. You see, he ejects. He ejects, but he ejects like 200 feet the above ground. the deck and yeah. towards the ground. He didn't survive that. No way. Yeah, right. Rub some dirt on it. It'll be okay. Here. I can't. I can't right. imagine. Oh yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't well, imagine that the Russians I think would be. It's called charitable. pile driving, right? Yeah. 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 Oof. So, anyway, that's 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 you know those planes are tough, but it, you know none of these planes or platforms are invincible. So, uh, so yeah, that's the reality of uh of, like the F thirty five, right? Close air support. Well, don't get me started on that plane. <laughs> the, the the flying router. Uh, <laughs> it's not flying it's not hardware. Spot. It's software. Mm. <clears throat> So uh, that takes Turn us around the map pretty much. The, the only, the only last, Turn it the, the only last thing that I want to mention is just in leave. You you had some uh, heavy uh, targets, um, some cruise missiles targeted the airport in and around the airport. It leaves. Um, I didn't see any um, reports on anything that was damaged specifically, um, but I did see the pictures and it's a pretty big fire. So. Well, I think the importance of that is, uh, from what I saw this morning, is uh, one they were backfire launched uh, from the Black Sea, and right. two they uh, they took out an aircraft maintenance facility at the airport. Oh, that's right, I did hear that. Right, and then that and, and, and they're so, creeping they're creeping closer and closer and closer to the Polish border by doing so. Well, I also wonder too if uh, if there weren't some kind of Western logistic. You know, the airport would be a great place to kind of stage logistics out of. Yeah, um, if with with contractors who <laughs> look a lot like some guys who left Fort Bragg a few days ago or, or something, right? Well, I mean, you know, we we keep making fun of the incompetency of the of the Russians, but just because they show incompetency doesn't mean there aren't some aspects of their intel and things like that that are very competent. So, I mean, clearly in the targeting of of that legion, you know, the uh, 
Georgian Legion barracks or the, you know, the Ukrainian Legion or whatever. Yeah. Um, that was pretty, pretty dead on targeting. Uh, well, like, like too, also on the, on the night when they were talking about sending the MIGs, the airstrike in the random far Western airport, that was right. the most likely airport where they were going to land those MIGs. And they were just sending the message that we can reach you there too. So. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's, you know, I think the news really wants to paint the Russians as incompetent. And we've seen a lot of incompetency in the, uh, you know, actions of the Russians, especially in the initial invasion. But, you know, I think enough people are getting fired and enough people are going to jail that people are starting to get their act together um, because ultimately, you know, they're going to have results. And, you know, there has there's no place on the map where Russia has truly been stopped. They've been slowed down. Uh, but they continue to creep forward and, and make in incremental process, uh, progress. And I'm not happy about that because, um, like I said, I've always kind of my heart's always been uh, in it for the Ukrainian people. But ultimately, anybody who's selling you the story that uh, that the Russians aren't doing anything, I mean, they're, they're they're selling you down the primrose path. And especially when they say the Russians aren't winning, they're not losing. So. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Absolutely. I was just saying, I don't know if you've seen this, but no, the leaked plans for the new Cope Cage version two has come out this morning. That's actually to try and deal with the Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I wouldn't mind having a Cope Cage on if I were a tanker in you know Saudi Arabia or something like that. I'd, I'd be like, let's put Cope Cages on them so we can get some shade on these bitches. Well, I was just say this. At least you got some morale boost, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Why the the Western media and politicians keep talking about the Russian incompetence? Because it leads to the next point that we hey, we, we we can we can we can you know come on, just a couple of airplanes establish that no fly zone, you know, some ground forces to enforce yeah. you know to uh, a peace or to make a peace or a ceasefire. And come on guys, it's easy. Cause these guys are incompetent. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to lose anybody. I mean, shoot, it's, it's going to be bloodless. Well, well, I literally cannot believe that this Polish proposal for peacekeepers in Western Ukraine, um, you have to have peace before you can insert peacekeepers. Otherwise they're combat troops. Calling them peacekeepers does not make them peacekeepers. Well, you can, you no, know, it makes them peacemakers. And peacemakers are different than peacekeepers. You well, know, like, like in, peacemakers are, like, are, like, are combatants. Exactly. Like that's exactly right. Yugoslavia, like, we call them peace enforcement, right? Well, I, I think the the best model for, you know, some of these people who they've got their pie in the sky dreams of what they're going to do in Ukraine, they'd like to work off of the Korean war model where NATO doesn't. Yeah, NATO doesn't do it. It becomes a UN action and it goes around the Security Council through a a general uh, floor vote, just like they did with the Korean War, um, which ultimately would start World War III. I mean, I think we all realize that uh, pretty much anything that does more than just assist Ukraine in their own fight um, is 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 a ticket straight to World War III. So, well, actually, the the UN Security Council did authorize the uh, Korean police action because the Soviet Union was boycotting it over some silly reason, and they they realized their mistake, so they came back, but. They couldn't muster enough vote. They couldn't muster any votes to uh, rescind the uh, Security Council decision because the right. other nations vetoed it. So, yeah, oops. But yeah, well, I mean, the, the General Assembly just uh, acceded to that, endorsed it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a uh, you know, it's 
and anyway, talking about. Um, but can I make one more? Can I make one more yeah, point since we're it. since just to just to you know I saw the map horse twitching, so I think it's not quite dead yet. What would be interesting, and I, I've been noticing a kind of following on on different geographical points, is if like this map that we're seeing right now, if we could do it from day one or from day zero, actually start and then time lapse. Time lapse. Thank you. Exactly, because I think we would see that you know in the 22, 23 days that we're that we have seen, as you say, Scott, that incremental meat grinder working forward mm -hmm. one one meter at a time. And so, yeah, it you know, there there have been some slowdowns, but, you know, overall, they, they keep moving forward. So it it would I think it would reinforce what we're trying to say that the uh, that the Russians, while they're they're doing a lot of stupid tactics and a lot of stupid operations, nevertheless, they continue to just press forward because they don't know any other way. Yeah, we've never done that, right? We've not done any stupid stuff in any of the right. conflicts. No, right not us. <laughs> no. Maybe maybe in the Coast Guard or something, but never us. Hmm. Well, anyway, let's let's look at some some not totally incompetent uh Russians real quick. Let's go to the first uh the first video in the in the combat footage. Yeah, the ambush reaction video. So the do you guys you you guys remember the other day we saw that um those uh the conscripts that were just going down the road. The fact that these guys immediately jump off the rail and, and head down that little embankment uh lead me think that uh, not every video that you're gonna see is gonna be completely incompetent. That being said, if you look at the weapon, it's a painted weapon with an optic on it not the typical weapon that you're going to see uh, in the hands of a Russian uh, conscript. Um, the, just based on the vehicles and, you know, you got BMPs mixed in with like the armored uh, kind of uh, troop carrier trucks. Well, so that V um, was indicating before um, the, the North. Naval, well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The North Naval Infantry though, wasn't it? Right. Well, it wasn't just naval infantry, you know, like, um, it, you know, they said the X was Chechnya, but I mean, I saw Chechen vehicles with the V on it, too. So I think pretty much the V was the all the guys coming out of uh, Belarus. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and that so, has a Chechen logo on his helmet. That yeah. St. Well, George's stripe thing right there. Well, that's not just the Chechens, but the Chechens are using the that, Chechens too. use it a lot. So, the Chechens yeah. got put into different places, though, is what he's saying. Like, so, yeah. like the O was down from Crimea, the V was coming out of Belarus, and then the others were coming out of the the uh, the eastern quadrant there. Well, I, 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 the funny thing is, is we've seen the Z everywhere from the Crimea all the way up to Kharkiv, and it, you know, this is some it, sort of a mixed unit because that guy actually has that that reflective uh, metal tape. The guy with the right. with the Chechen thing. So it looks like it's some of several different units really that that's what i was thinking because like these guys right here are just outfitted right like there. regular but yeah. that guy right there has the has like a more of a spetschnaz dude so it's probably many, a mix of spetschnaz he, he could have picked he could have picked up a helmet too so you know well, what how cool. many vehicles are there here that's a lot of vehicles there's like yeah, seven or eight stacked up right there and then well that one's older than i am and i'm old so the weight a lot is of a sign of reliability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you toast your 100th birthday yesterday? Is that what you're trying to say, Joe? 
<laughs> well, no, 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 we're, we're we're on our way there, but we're we're not there yet. We're over halfway there. So. Well, we all we're all going to get there eventually. It just how what so okay here so another this is another uh, form of competence uh, except for this is actually this is not the I, this is just the overhead video. So this is a uh, ambush on a uh, uh, this is a Russian troop carrier uh, truck and the and the cab gets hit by a like what's you know the what is it the RPG eighteen which is essentially 22. a RPG twenty two. Is it the 22? It's kind of like yeah. a law rocket, you know, the extendable, you know, and 77 millimeter, I think, uh, a yeah. law rocket. And so he's sitting here at this corner and then boom, you, you see it right there. So the, the guy is standing right by this telephone pole. I wish I'd grab the other video. We can anyway, let's go to the next video. And then maybe while we're watching the next video, you can find that that one because it's kind of interesting. Um, so this is kind of we talked about the whole idea of produced video starting to really kind of make a bigger impact. And so uh, whether it's news that's carrying water for the Russia for the uh, Ukrainian military or the Russian military uh, or it's, you know, products created directly by the Ministry of Defense, uh, whether it's Russia or uh, Ukraine, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of this type of, you know, no, nothing wrong here. Nothing. Dis, nothing negative. Completely. You know. So, like, this is a mixture, I think, of uh, combat footage, but also uh, training footage from before the war. Um, you know, because you know, training footage is great because. So, like, this is clearly post combat, right? So, this is a Z Mark. Uh, this is a T seventy two B three M, which is the most modern T seventy two. These are also, but that other footage was all footage from training. Uh, done pre prior to the war, um, you know that kind of allows you to to show, you know, perfect what you know. This looks like they're perfect in combat, but ultimately, what it is is it's it's a false reality showing training, uh, and and th this is how you kind of get a mixture of truth and video, uh, and essentially what is a lie. Can somebody explain the Z mark? So uh, yeah, in the chat. So the Z mark is the mark we've seen of Russian forces that have come out of everywhere from. Uh, so I think it goes to like the cores, right? Like what core is providing. But anyway, you, you, geographically, we've seen it from the Crimea all the way around to Kharkiv. Uh, even some of the forces in and around uh, Chernihiv have had that uh, mark. Um, we see we tend to see the V mark in and around. Um, yeah, see, so here's the kind of areas where you're seeing the, 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 the Z mark. And then there's some other lesser known, like the triangle. Um, and then, and then like the diamonds tend to be like division, uh, or, or brigade symbols here. Like the, the, the three dots in a circle. Um, you're also seeing the, the kind of horizontal slash like a white slash line versus like a Z. You see a lot of that on the VDV, uh, you know, infantry units that are coming out. So it's just, what it point, is. is it, yeah, go but ahead, the Ron. point is, is that, is that because both sides use the same equipment for the most part, or it's, it's a, it's a lot of it, a, a lot of it's going to look the same to, you know, um, you know, 
who whatever a Ukrainian first name is, you know, he just grabs the nearest in-law rocket, got the five-minute instruction. Well, he doesn't know, so that's that's a way to you know, so we don't have any uh, friendly fire, blue on blue or red on red incidents. But, yeah, I mean, I've I've seen people getting really jumpy about that that Z recently. Let me see if I can pull this, this up. Yeah, I, I would I wouldn't get too. I th I think is uh, it's just, it's just a marker like what we had. Um, Oh, I know. I'm, I'm Desert Storm, I, I, and then we had a. We get real jumpy with anything with a Z on it. The 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 D-Day, you know, markers on the aircraft and stuff like that back right. in '44. So, well, it's, it's just a quick visual ref. The other thing too about like so like here, this is kind of like the simple north, east, south. But the problem is, is that you know we've seen plenty of forces coming out of Crimea that had the Z on it. So it's kind of like as much or as the, I oh. like these simple explanations. You know, you're seeing kind of various differential kind of uh, of reasons and, and why it is. So, um, um, I just wanted to say real quick, uh, we had a question in the chat about how we're getting that kind of overhead footage from Ukrainians constantly. Um, I did a little bit of research into that. And before the invasion happened, one of the few things that they really did do well is that they they talked to a bunch of like they essentially gathered civilian drone owners who were willing to participate, showed them how they could continue to operate their drones in a combat zone and, and essentially told them, hey, this is the type of stuff you should be looking for. And if you get footage, here's where to send it and then we'll spread it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this drone footage has been very effective. And, and honestly, I think this footage we're getting ready to watch is probably one of the most interesting drone footage because you're basically seeing everything from the, you know, just, you know, like watching a battle from, you know, 200 feet up in the air. So um, anyway, so this is pretty intense. This is a, this is a Russian tank in uh, Mariupol uh, and it's getting attacked by uh, infantry, um, a tank by itself in an urban situation. Not a good idea. As you can see, it just got hit a second hit. Um, this is a uh, anti eight, anti-tank weapons, probably RPGs or unguided law rockets, something like that. I think um, anything bigger would probably have already taken it out. It's backing up. It realizes we're in a, we're in a world of hurt. Another one uh, takes another hit uh, to the side and to the, into the turret. Well, I just got to, I got to make it. I, that was my, I'm, this is directed at the chat. It was Manassas. First Manassas. That's the name of the battle. Sorry. We'll First Manassas, yeah. Yeah. Not Bull Run. Bull Run is How what did they Yankees know there was going to be a second one? Bull Bull Run Bull Run is what Yankees call it. So that's right. Hey, Not you're gonna have to change that direction. attitude when you come out west here, young man. <laughs> Just a little bit of video analysis real quick. You we're gonna, we're gonna beat is... the Johnny Reb out of you. You can tell that this one right here is the shot where it gets really bad because you can start to see the smoke pour out of the barrel as soon as the thing hits, which means that there's there's vaporized metal fumes inside there. Yeah, um, you, and you'll see and you'll see smoke starting to come out of the top of that's, the turret. That's that's yeah, for this, is, this, this is this is the blast, but watch watch the 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 barrel right here. You're going to see smoke start to pour out of the yeah. The, and watch it. That's for breeze. That's all oh, that is. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. And then right. this guy just uh, and then, yeah, he opens the hatch. Degrees. Yeah, and then well, he, uh, it's, it's it, indicative it, that there was a bad hit because you saw no explosion. The explosion was inside the tank. Mm -hmm. Yep. Then you start to see guys start to crawl out. Yeah. So, out that, so you, you see the yeah the guy just went out down here. 
So that to be clear, this guy opens, but then he never actually is able to get out. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't show this, but that's you, actually you be, you can, yeah. You got to be careful there in terms of. Um, and then the yeah, driver actually gets out. Uh, there was one guy out on the back here a second ago, and then the guy gets out of the front hatch up here and it escapes. Yeah, and you can see him, and he and this and there's another hit like right here. Yep, and he jumps down on the ground. So I looked um, this up and asked where, like, I, I was wondering where this one came from. And the analysis here is there's actually another tank off screen here that is getting fired at. Right, right. There's a there's another T there's a T sixty four, and and then at the end of the video you can actually see it. It's knocked out as well. And so this this tank is now out of action. The crew has, and then there's the guy. The driver has you know he's still alive. He's probably wishing he. He, he, I wish I hadn't woke up this morning. Trying to crawl away. And that is a guy from the other tank that just flew into the screen. I don't know if you guys saw that. We don't need to. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the other tank there at the end. You can see it at the bottom left-hand corner. Um, so, I mean, this is very dramatic footage. It shows you the horror that these, I mean, you know, one minute you're a happy tanker going through the city, and then the next minute you're getting hit on multiple sides by multiple light anti-tank weapons, and eventually one of those things, suckers is gonna uh, is gonna get through, and you're you're not gonna be enjoying the rest of your day. Um, hey, I, I just saw a comrade Corgi's um, comment about T-64s. Um, can we infer? I mean, if it is indeed a T-64. Um, can we infer f anything from that? In other words, uh, you know, are the Russians really stretched? I mean, are so, they just pulling out all the stops? They get a yeah, fine two, material. I yeah, think I, there's two uh, two likely explanations for this. Um, the first is that the T-64s uh, have been gathered not only uh, from captured s supplies in the Ukraine, uh, but also from Russia to uh, arm the, uh, the separatist forces. Um, so a lot of the separatist forces armor is T-64s. Uh, and those are the most modern versions that Russia has. Uh, but it's still, you know, T-64 is an older tank. But it's still a, a high-quality tank, um, not up to current level Russian standards. Um, but, for instance, the uh, T-64 plant is actually in Ukraine. And so that's the, one of the reasons why the Ukrainian army has a lot of T-64s. Um, and they've modernized their forces their their tanks as well and so one of the things that we are seeing especially in that donuts uh pocket in that in that region is capturing a t-64 tank from the russians and immediately turning it around with a, a either a, a separatist crew or somebody like that and so that t-64 literally could have been a ukrainian tank oh, two weeks ago and now it's pressed into service on the side of the russians and the and the separatists but as far as them being strapped, yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of indications that they're really strapped. Japan just saw four separate ships fully loaded with nothing but supply trucks uh, take yeah. off from the Sea of Japan, looking like they might be headed to Europe. Well, and if there's troops on them, that's their last. Um, that's their last Marine separate battalion, right, or separate brigade. So, but why know. would they? Why would they take? 
what two weeks of transit time yeah to, you know just put them on a train what, right exactly so, i think the trains are already loaded up as much as they can and so those well, four ships four is not a lot of ships to send anyways but it's it, it is kind of a sign of they're they're running up against the limits of what they can do well but i don't know where that, that ship is going to go because it can't transit the bosporus allegedly right i think that's gonna be over in not too long well, the other thing about that video is what what does it show again? We've talked. I think we've talked about this before. What was missing with the Russian tankers? They had no dismounted infantry. Right. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I, I was looking into this, and not only that, they also didn't have the tank that Russia specifically designed to be support for for larger vehicles in in combat like this. The um, the Terminator. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the Terminators being. Yeah. So the Terminator is a. Instead of having one big main gun, it's got the anti-tank guided missiles to use against armor, and then also two twin 30 millimeter cannons to be used against stuff, you know. And specific, specifically, these cannons can elevate uh, to like, it's, it's almost yeah, all the way up. up. So yeah. so they can cover buildings and that kind of stuff. Rather I mean, easily. so they can take out somebody shooting from, from a window up high about eight, ten stories? Yeah. Weird. So, but Dino correctly points out that they only have about 20 of these things. Um, oh. you know, they had to work out some problems with it. And then finally, I think that they're, they kind of worked it out and now they're sending, you know, so, we did, we did spot these on trains heading towards the, the war zone prior to the, so uh, the war quick. starting. I know that they've only got about 20 of these brand new ones, which is these where they've got the armor on the outside of the, the anti-tank rockets, but they, they have a lot more than 20 of this one that they used in Syria. I mean, like a, a lot more than 20. Yeah, that's the old, yeah, that's the older version. No, well, maybe the Syrians are bringing it with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that we have a very well-informed chat. Terminator's still in field testing. Very few of them. So, yeah, spot on. Um, all right. So let's let's move on. Um, so, you know, very rarely do I like to say that uh, I totally agree with uh, AOC, but in this in this case, I think. I think probably all of us uh, are in agreement with her. We may be throwing up in the back of our mouths a little bit by the very sight of her, um, but you know she's not wrong in this uh, in this video. Um, clearly, she's listening to one of her advisors because I know she couldn't come up with this thought on her own. So yeah, a, I think part of that also she just always wants to say something contrary. It's, yeah, it's that could be. That could, that could be. But she, I mean, she's. You know, she has been contrary to, you know, her boss, Nancy Pelosi in the past, but she also tends to fall in line pretty quickly because she knows the she knows where the gravy train is. Um, <laughs> but I think this is one of those kind of, you know, maybe she's trying to to she's a, she doesn't care about the I think the no fly zone person per se. I think she's trying to go with an anti-war kind of uh, stance. But let's let's play the video and see what she has to say. There are a lot of pundits, journalists, and members of Congress using this term no-fly zone, except most Americans probably don't know that declaring a no-fly zone is essentially tantamount to a declaration of war. So if you're not comfortable with the United States declaring war against Russia, you're probably not comfortable with a no-fly zone. I mean, so the most basic 
you know, she she I don't even know that she understands why that would that be was, the declaration of that war. That was but. take twenty seven. That's right. Well, yeah. and I want to say a friend of mine pointed out against it. I was just gonna say she doesn't actually say that it's a bad thing. It's yeah, more. Like, I actually uh, think she's one hundred percent behind declaring war on Russia. Just know what you're getting into is kind of what it seems like. Well, you guys know how it is when that broken clock is right for only a minute, and then that that minute's over, and uh, clearly twice a day. <laughs> that's right. And but once that minute's over, she's wrong again, and and you know, like we can the sentiment that she's trying to give in the most basic a aspect is correct, but then she misses all the, you know, all the actual reasons behind it. Um, you know, she may know what time it is, but she sure as fuck doesn't know how to make a watch. Um, so Sam says, even a blind pig finds a truffle once in a while. Right. <laughs> so a, uh, a uh, you know friend of the channel Patrick who was on here uh, recently shared this uh, article uh, on Twitter and I thought I'd share it with you guys. Estonia becomes first NATO member. Let's see, all three parliaments of uh, the Baltic states. Here, go back to his tweet. Let's read it. Re read the tweet first. Uh, the Baltic states have voted in favor of the no-fly zone in Ukraine. In reality, this is a vote uh, for NATO to court uh, direct war with Russia. This is a foreseeable and lamentable development. Uh, I hope cooler heads prevail. Well, the irony is... They threatened to declare nuclear war on them, though. Sorry, I well, digressed. Well, I mean, you know, these guys, none of these guys... It's it's worth noting, none of these guys have nuclear weapons and are beholden to the American nuclear umbrella um, for any of that. Um, and ultimately, this potentially... There's two things, right? Either we're going to see NATO go to war with Russia, or we're going to see potentially the fracturing and, you know, ultimately dissolution of NATO. Yeah, look, I, I think the Baltics. I think the Baltics are nuts on this. I, I would be, I would be yeah. in favor of segregating Article Five to 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 disqualify people who take dis, deranged actions, because otherwise we we are dependent upon the least responsible NATO member. And for a long time, that's been Turkey, but now it starts to look like the Baltics are the are the madmen or the poles or the madmen who's going to drag us into into World War III. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not down with that at all. Well, no, neither I, am I. The proposal is no better. So, Part, yeah, yeah, I mean, no. So I think, I think we, keep we, in we, mind we, that, we can, that we can relegate them to the farm team, take Article 5 out, and if they want to go practice against the Russians, knock yeah. yourself out. We'll sell you guys Raytheon and Lockheed Martin stuff too. Yeah, but let's just remember that, that the Baltics have the only direct border besides that little sliver of Norway up way up north against Russia. So, you know, they've always felt a little, you know, more inclined to lead with their chin. But this bothers me because, once again, NATO's not speaking as a, as a voice of NATO. All the individual countries are, mm -hmm. are, are, you know, so in a way, NATO's already fractured. And yeah. it, it, if anything, NATO is actually being way quieter. I mean, yeah, sure, the, what a Jen Solzberg or whatever has has been, you know, oh, no, we're not going to do this. But he's not doing it with any kind of conviction or force. Well, and he no. missing, isn't the missing, lining the up missing, the other nations. Guys, the missing piece here is a competent U.S. president who normally would take the lead in terms of speaking for this alliance that we funded for 70 years. Oh, I thought you meant Sibley, but okay. Oh, see, and I, I here I was just thinking it was cute that Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania were, were volunteering to send their... 12 fighter planes to go enforce this. 
we, I, we are happy to hold your coat, but uh, good yeah. luck in the bar fight. And, I think and they have to overfly Belarus to uh, we, to get there. So, yeah, we agree to a no fly zone, but we say that Mark Sibley has to write it, write the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Problem yeah. solved. Mark Sibley, a writer of this, you know, uh, uh, definitely the writer of the first Mongol Moon, and uh, definitely a well, allegedly think, the writer of the second uh, sequel. Wasn't so. wasn't he captured doing research in Ukraine recently? I, that's what I heard. I think so. I think so. <laughs> or, or the BMW I, I, convertible dealership, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I heard was that um, God was so upset with Mark that he's not writing the sequel fast enough. He decided to write it in the pages of history for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it, again, you know, I mean, th these sorts of things that Estonia is doing keep keep the, the no-fly zone idea alive. And, you know, hey, if, if these NATO members are willing to do it, how come you aren't, you know? And, 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 and I mean, um, Zelensky went on TV in a T-shirt and asked for it. So it must be something we really ought to do. Yeah. yeah. Because he gives off that Churchillian vibe, because you know he's he's fighting. You know, Britain stands alone against the Luftwaffe. So, you know, we're yeah, we're okay. gonna we're gonna find you know out stuff about Zelensky in the not too distant future. I, every everybody who's been propped up as a hero to the American public for the uh, last almost three years out. is is found out to be a fraud. Um, you, you know, I, I, except for the I people on this chat. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but Ukraine is a country in Europe, and it exists next to this other country called Russia. I'm sorry. Yeah. Kamala? Yeah. yeah. That was really the dumbest speech I've ever heard given by a world leader. I, I, I'm well, just saying that that's the leadership that NATO is drawing from. So I guess maybe it's not super surprising that some of them want to get out in front of that. Well, speaking It'll of be interesting because Joe is going over there next week to uh, to talk to NATO. They're going to have a big confab. Oh, that'll speaking, make things better. Speaking of speaking of leadership, my favorite quote of the day is, uh, "I'm Irish, but I'm not stupid." <laughs> oh God, that's good. So now we're going to go to war with Ireland too. It looks like. Well, cool. At least they. At least we can speak English. Oh. Yeah, they're 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 oh. going to get on their balfangs and they're going to speak Gaelic, and we'll be like, "Oh shit, here we go." The violence has intensified. <laughs> hey, I, I dropped a uh, I dropped a uh, a link underneath the uh, no fly zone section. We'll go ahead and pull that up. Well, so I want to talk about this meme really fast that he has up. This is a dangerous state that we are in. They're saying that Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard for not supporting one hundred percent war with Russia are guilty of treason and are Russian agents. Right. We're going down such a slippery slope that the slope is behind us, and uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's very yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah I, I don't ever want to hear the word slippery slope used in the same fucking paragraph as fallacy ever again. So right. th this, I think this is important. Once Americans find, you know, Americans are uploading the new uh, dictates from uh, the mainstream media, but once they really find out what a no-fly zone means the support immediately drops. And, you know, I think I think what you're seeing and a lot of times are, you know, especially on the conservative side is that, you know, a lot of these Republicans are actually good people who want to help, you know, and if they think of no fly zone helps and they're hearing it from, you know, all their, you know, chicken hawk uh, Republican senators and Congress people, then they get behind it, even if they're, 
you know, but then once they realize that, oh, well, what, what does that mean? What does a no-fly zone mean? Well, it means we have to go in and we have to shoot down other airplanes and we have to shoot up anti-air systems and then we have to send in ground forces to secure our well well scott you know, pilots I mean, what it starts with and i'll look to ron and joe to keep me honest or, or mike to keep me honest on this what it starts with is blowing up russian aircraft on the ground in russia that's right that's what it starts with and and the, the discussion can stop there because that is unequivocal that's the only way you get to a no-fly zone is to interdict the russian air force on the ground in russia yeah, I, yesterday I sent um, somebody tweeted a, a smarter person than me uh, ten policy questions that need to be asked about the no-fly zone. Which basically, if you start answering them, you go, "Yeah, not such a yeah. good idea." That's and a um, good one. yeah, I, you know, it was it, these and and he's a deep thinker. I don't, I, he, I mean, he's anti, you know, he's very left, but he's also asking some serious questions because he's not, you know, going with the flow of of social media and the latest, you know bright shiny object of policy um but yeah i mean it's but stan you're absolutely right i mean people don't understand that to a you know to enforce a no-fly zone we gotta really uh start you know we'll have to take offensive action i mean i'm reminded when uh um senator mccain was advocating for some sort of action in libya a no-fly zone and things like that and secretary of defense gates very patiently but very tersely uh, explained the ramifications of a military intervention in a, in a no-fly zone, you know, you know, exposing the fallacy of McCain's emotional argument, um, which McCain did not appreciate at all. But it was, it was a great thing. It's, it's, you know, it's way old, but it, it's an important thing to remember that these sorts of uh, these sorts of things, cooler heads do need to prevail. And and I'm just afraid we don't have any cooler heads or any any. Um, people of, of uh, stature that can say, yeah, not such a good idea, Tony Blinken or Jake Sullivan or Kamala or whomever's making policy this week. When do we see Mattis back? I hope never. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Like, yeah, as, no, but I mean, that's the, that's the kind of, that's the kind of move this administration would do for the I, optics. Right. Yeah. By the way, I, I I got you, ladies. Find you a man who looks at you the way John McCain used to look at unnecessary wars. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't understand. There's a John whole. There's McCain. a. There's a whole show to do on McCain, and and yeah. and, and even that would be a waste of time. So. Yeah. Well. Well, if you we know, were to, unfortunately, you, unfortunately, in our system, I guess. Um. You know, there's, there's a great deal of inertia already that you would have to overcome. And it, it really would, at this point, have to come from the top. That's the problem right there. It, it really has to, to, for someone with some kind of sort of gravitas to come forward and say, okay, here's reality. Let's put the kibosh on this very succinctly, very calmly. Uh, there is no such animal right now. And, and it, it certainly, I, I mean, I really think at this point, the guy that would have to stop this inertia would be the president to say, okay, we're not going to do this. This is why. And well, th that's probably not going to happen. The, the, it doesn't, it the doesn't sad, fit on a three by five card. The, 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 the sad thing is, is that after Zelensky's speech, you know, we all predicted that 
Congress and all those guys are going to go gaga. And, and I think a lot of them did. But ultimately, the White House came out and it wasn't the president that did it. This is the problem. You know, the president didn't stand up and, and make a clear declaration and show leadership. It was, came out from Jin Psaki and some of the other functionaries that, oh, yeah, yeah, that, you know, great speech. We are not going to support a no fly zone. I mean, that was essentially the message that came out of uh, out of the White House. You know, they're looking at alternatives to do the, you know, the anti-aircraft systems and things like that. And, you know, and essentially the Pentagon, Kirby is really the one that's leading as far as being the voice of, you know, uh, of, of reason coming out of Washington. But the problem is it is it's it's the I don't right Ron spot on. I don't even agree with what he's saying, uh, but he, he's the one that's saying the, the things that he sounds like an adult in the room to the, the news people, even though he's going too far. If you ask me. Well, remember, uh, the, Kirby's only repeating what he's told. He's a, he's a spokesman. Yeah, he's not a policymaker. Right. But but the problem is, is we don't have a leader, whether it's Lloyd Austin or we don't have a, you know, Blinken. Forget about that guy. Um, or, or whether it's uh, the president coming out and saying these clear, def definitive statements, you know, so the world can hear it. I almost, I, you know, just because the correct decisions may be made, if the, if they're not supported publicly by the leadership, that ultimately it's just another voice in the wind that gets. Well, the gets, problem too is is that so many people believe, just like we've said earlier, that a no-fly zone is a magical set of words you say. And it just happens, and everyone complies with it, not realizing that force is absolutely required. You can't um, do that by executive order. See, but, but that's can. the problem. And, right? they, and they also don't think. realize that it, it's 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 a no-fly zone. It's a two-way street, so nobody but but the NATO guys fly. Not Ukraine, not Russia, yeah. not Belarus. Yeah. It's just NATO, so it, it's it's not a magic bullet, folks. And and well, um, watch her pull up that last meme you had with with Zelensky in the middle. Well, the, uh, ah, but, yes. Yes, you're right. You're right. I got to pull it back up. There we go. Pull it back up. I just want to make one quick comment. Three out of four people on here are fictional characters. I'll leave it to you in the chat to decide which one is real. That's all. <laughs> all right. Hint, the real one is dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Actually, no. you know. He, he rose again as Harambe the White. <laughs> he oh, will come man. to us at the end of days and, and the actor the actor that played black panther is also he's also deceased now yeah and that's that's his Ruth Bader Ginsburg. All, all all of the real people are deceased <laughs> which was the great panther she was the she was the prequel oh boy obviously anyway they're they're, they're I, you what are we hearing out of Poland? What's Poland's new good idea? Are, are they still on the are, are, ground? Are troops. they still trying to? Are they still trying to supply the airplanes? Hussars, winged hussars. That's it. That's what they're going. They, they want to send in uh, ground troops firing peaceful bullets. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah well, that's right. Mostly. We haven't we haven't talked on this show about that. We talked on Andrew's show about that. So you know, the the latest uh, thing that we talked about yesterday. Um, is the 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 discussion that there should be a peacemaking force? You know, uh, NATO should have a NATO-led peacemaking force that would go in and essentially separate, uh, enforce peace upon uh, both sides. Clearly, this is this is a non-starter of an idea, um, and and while it's it bears you guys hearing 
um, what's being talked about out there. I mean, guys, there is no analysis even needed on this. I mean, it is, this is the worst idea in the history of worst ideas. But it'll probably come up next week at the NATO summit. The polls will propose it as a, and they'll, and they'll use the, um, the, the justification saying, Hey, we're hosting two of the 3 million refugees, whatever number they come up with inside our borders. We need to bring them back and make them internally displaced persons. And uh, let's, um, so, and we'll, we'll do that and we'll enforce that. Well, so, it, the, only, the only way to make that idea worse is to make the peacekeeper units to be Chinese and Indians. That would be great. Well, I was just say China's <laughs> already volunteering. Well, you know, Pakistan, don't they, don't they hire out their brigades by the, by the, yeah, hour? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that, that what they're going to do is they're going to use the, the Baltic States, no fly zone proposal as a stalking horse. They're going to be like, well, look, these guys want to shoot Russian planes out of the air. All we want to do is protect a few camps inside Ukraine, uh, which we all know will expand. Uh, oh, yeah. Crazy. And then yeah, it was the, it and was the, the Russians will attack those camps because they'll suspect them of, of hosting and, and being launching pads for attacks against yep. Russian forces. I think something to keep an eye on is, is, is how much news hits on these refugee situation. If we start seeing a whole lot more, the yeah, bad news yesterday, the bad news. Yeah, we did. We, we, is, uh, as this of, idea of peacekeeping is going to take root. Yeah. So, well, and, and, and so and so that's you know um, that is sort of the trajectory I think we're going to see. I mean, this is this is taking shape much like a lot of these frozen conflicts in the former Soviet Union, right? Everybody gets to a stalemate. They punch out then there's some sort of agreement that gets laid on top of it, which is flawed, but it stops the carnage. You've got displaced internal, internally displaced people on all, on all sides and things cool down, but the lines stay frozen in place and the seeds of the next conflict are embedded in the ceasefire agreement until, you know, till people sort of rearm and re-up. Let me ask this question. Like good old times. Since we came to a peacekeeping agreement in Georgia, how much territory has Russia given back and how many people have been able to move home? That's why oh. Putin is that's why Putin is willing to do something like this because yeah, in, in fact incremental he's, moved more, he's moved all the Georgians completely out of South Ossetia and Abkhazia and uh, moved Russians in. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I that's this is I think the trajectory here that that that, that I think we're on, and that is. At some point, I mean, Putin was already talking to Erdogan today about what it's going to take to get to a ceasefire, to pass that message along, and it's going to be along those lines. And you, you, you know, you're going to end up with uh, the West Bank of Ukraine, the West Bank of the Dnieper River, being the West Bank in, in Ukraine. Hey guys, I just want to remind everybody we've got about 100 people here and we've only got 50 of you that have hit the like button so far. So uh, go ahead and hit that like button like you are uh, waiting in line for some Ukrainian bread. That's right. <laughs> our, our, our videos are better guaranteed than Ukrainian bread and, and won't break a tooth. And you won't get killed by indirect fire. Uh, well, I mean, I, I can't promise that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, that actually is on my daily list of things that could, could, how, how my day could go wrong. North Korean indirect fire. That is actually on my list. Say. Well, yeah, it, it's probably a real risk for you. 
well, I don't know if it's a real risk, but it is a risk. I mean, North Korea is not provable that they can hit the continental United States with uh, with any of their long their long candlesticks. Comrade Corgi says, "Free the cam girls." So I figured it was I, I should just help him out. Waifu G's welcome. Yes. <laughs> Let the EU form an international force out of their mem- member militaries. But see, that's just it. They don't really have militaries. They have glorified <laughs> uh, parade forces. Uh, right. The and United States EU, is, has their... And most EU have, members are members of NATO anyway. And, yeah. They, and while, while Article have, 8 would protect us, it, it would be a very gray area. Yep. And most you, people wouldn't understand the difference. Europe doesn't have armies. They have U.S. Army supplemental forces. Yeah, <laughs> right. Aren't 90% like of the girls from Russia, Russia, cam girls from Russia and Ukraine, aren't they both those countries? Yeah, so that's, I want to see the cam girl battalions fight each other. <laughs> giant pit of jello, this, this wow. could work. Yeah, like a pillow, a pillow, a giant pillow fight. That would be a way to. I was just going to say, you don't even need to set up jello. It's Ukraine in the spring. Well, There's yeah. blood everywhere. Like, mud yeah, wrestling. Like, yeah, muscle. Yeah, it stands yeah. on to something there. Pay per view, we can pay for reconstruction. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? Hey, did any of you guys see the director's meeting that uh, no. all the former CIA directors got together and, and talked and, you know, talked about yes. things that they don't know much about? Exactly. Did um, Does anyone have any thoughts on the mass exodus of aircraft? From the Moscow area yesterday. Yeah, let me pull up that south and west. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Well, they didn't go west. They uh, they went east because they couldn't go because of the European. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. You got you got you got to learn how I talk. That's what I meant. They went. So, west. Well, you're, you're a marine. Advance to the sound of the guns, not to the water. <laughs> I got Siberia. it. Siberia. It's Siberia's water to the back. Me, guns so. to the front. There you go. Hey, you, the sands you know of Odessa. Yeah, I got it. You know, the, the, the thing that I was kind of curious about with this is that you had the official flights going out over the Urals, but then you had those uh, business jets doing a, a hook, you know, over the Caucasus and heading towards Dubai. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the government people were leaving and getting out to their uh, secure site in the Urals, and the non-government people were like, yeah, but I'm going to go spend time on the beach. Well, the the other the other thing I wonder is if this wasn't just an exercise for that exact same kind of. It could uh, be. It could be. Well, and if we start to see these often, so that so that it can't be used as a signal for when something's going to go down. Yeah, that's another thing too. The whole idea of conditioning—you know—you condition to see things, so you when you when you do see it, you never, you don't think it's anything odd. Normalcy bias kicks in, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, there was a there was an article that came in this morning from the aviationist that kind of said, "Yeah, much to do about nothing about this," but you know, still worth watching. And they did they did talk about some of the aircraft. You know, compared them to the RE fours and E sixes that are part of the uh, the aviation nuclear deterrence, you know, survivability fleet. Yeah, I like Corgi's idea here. Cam girls can decide the fate of the world via live pay-per-view. Well, Putin's not taking Musk up on his offer for single combat, so we got to do it somehow, right? 
Hey, the, the hey, funny, hey, I, I like Ilona. Ilona, yeah. I like the fact that uh, that Musk actually was doing pretty good uh, on his comebacks, uh, but he actually got what member, some member of the Russian either military or 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 I don't know the government to actually engage with him on this. Well, it would have been a really bad idea because Vladimir Putin would have kicked Elon's butt. So, yeah, I mean, Vladimir Putin's a le- legitimate judoka. Well, I mean, yeah. let, let's pretend Musk was as well. Musk has spent the last three years living in a shack in the middle of the desert, eating nothing but peanut butter, apparently. So it's not exactly What's fighting shape. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, spot on. I mean, uh well, you know, I mean, so I, I want to just kind of, we, you know, we're 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 heading into the last thirty minutes of the show. I want to like kind of open the aperture uh, a little wider, um, because you know, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Some a lot of it's, I, I'll be honest with you, there is not something bad in the world that I don't think is some way isn't linked to this whole China, Russia, Ukraine, you know. Iran, all this kind of stuff that's happening together. Um, what are some other things that you guys have seen in the last 48 hours that have just kind of raised your eyebrows a little bit? Well, I, uh, I sent that a uh, chart. It's in our DMs. Um, about the Africa yeah, chart? Yeah, about it. Yeah, you know, I mean, St- Stan talked earlier, you know, in a previous broadcast about, you know, Egypt and their dependence on uh, Ukrainian Russian wheat imports but it's it's much broader than that and it you know yeah so this this war you know keeps going it's going to have uh, an impact uh, you know there will be widespread famine throughout africa and famine leads to discontent leads to revolution leads to war um etc so you know that's this this is there's the second and third order effects coming into play here well, and, and we were already uh, at the beginning of a worldwide food crisis. This only deepens it. Um, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting times. Yeah, this is one you're talking about right here, right? Yes, sir. Yep. So, I, was just I mean, it sucks to be Somalia, huh? I mean, in more ways than you can tell. Yeah. So, hey, you know, so we, obviously Ukraine is going to have trouble even getting their you know winter wheat crop in i mean i'm sure that some of the farms will be operating uh but we wrote it off yeah but many of them won't right and so and even if they are the we've already kind of talked about in previous episodes the the inability to get it out through the the black sea so they'd have to go rail networks through and, and that just throws the price of you know of their wheat even higher right so that's well, well from, a Ukraine, we... from a Ukraine perspective, you've got a lost year. You've got this year's winter wheat crop gone, mm-hmm. no spring wheat crop for next fall because you can't get it in the ground. It's getting run over by tanks and BMPs, right? Well, and all the farmers are either towing away tanks or they're in the army fighting. Right. So, so you've got other. you've got a goose egg for a year in terms of production. That won't be the case in the Black Sea, in the Russian area. That, that that harvest is ongoing. The question will be, can they get it out, and is anybody going to buy it? And at some point, somebody will buy it. The Chinese have already bought it. 
Yeah, they bought a big chunk of it. That's correct. Well, where there's a will, there's a way, and and the Russians, it'll be a it'll be a seller's market. They'll. Uh... But but that being said, is Russia going to have any trouble getting their weed out? Either you know the, the shipping routes are going to be more convoluted, or you know is is there going to be any effect to like for instance, you see all these more red on this chart than there is blue. Is any of that red going to be negatively affected? It's not going to be. It, it, well, it's going to be. It's going to be done at a discount to whatever the market price is, just like oil is being done in terms of being, you know, conflict wheat, unquote. Um, and, 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 but it will get out because if it has to get out, it'll go by train to China. Mm -hmm. um, I said that it's going to, I was thinking that it's going to suck to be busted for buying black market wheat. Well, I mean, it's better than being hungry. It's going to get laundered though through through third parties, right? I mean, it'll, it'll yeah, go, just gonna go, say you. It go to China and then China sells it as China wheat. What do you win for? Buying conflict wheat. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and, and blood this is, wheat, this baby. Is, and this is the segue to the the Erdogan straddle, okay? Because um, Turkey is an outlet for that stuff. I can tell you how many. I can tell you entire shiploads of um, non-organic soybeans out of the Black Sea that end up transiting in Turkey and coming out as organic. Uh, so it's just paperwork. It's uh, there's we've we've talked about this before guys and that is if what you export are physical commodities that everybody needs there is a way to get them out and to get them purchased and for you to get paid it's hard i mean the iranians are living proof of that the russians are going to be proof of that are now and will continue to be um it's it's an unintended benefit of being a less developed economy because you're producing raw materials that everybody needs and on that point yesterday we removed uh, most favored uh, trading status of the russians which means that uh, uh, biden is now free to put tariffs on things that we still do need and can't import from russia fertilizer stuff like that and uh, it's 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 going to be tough it's going to be tough for a while then nickel and titanium for elon's cars right right it's uh it's gonna it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be challenging for a bit what so what do you think the um yeah watcher you got something there oh it's just video of them removing most favored nation status yesterday just the vote. yes what what's the impact going to be on this stan uh well well, well you know the people who railed against tariffs when Trump did it are going to be uh, actively foaming at the mouth to slap tariffs on all this stuff. And and ultimately, this is going to end up going to the WTO and it's going to be found to have been illegal um, in terms of the manner in which it was done. But that's five years from now, so it doesn't matter. The reality yeah. of the fact is it's going to be a problem. So. So this is and, one and, of those kind so, of... And so... And so I think it's somebody can keep me honest on this. I think it's 21% of imported gasoline still is coming from Russia. So we slap yeah. a tariff on that. And uh, a lot of and, that stuff was in transit when, uh, when Biden. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, that's not, that's that it's not applicable to that. So it's all the stuff after that, I guess. So let me get it straight. We had tariffs with Trump. Biden got rid of the tariffs and now we're back to Trump's policy. 
potentially but but directed at it but directed at a different target yeah but but we're closing the barn door and the horse has not only escaped but he took he took everything inside the barn with him with him right it's you know so hey hey guys you know if you're in the chat and, and you're and you're interested in this i mean you know this these economic topics are very deep and you know these are ones that you know, unless we go to war with Russia, a lot of this kind of stuff that we're talking about with the conflict doesn't really matter. But these economic uh, impacts, we're all going to feel these. So I'm looking forward to working with Stan to get together a, a panel of experts to really dive deep into these economic issues. So look for an announcement maybe next week about when we'll be putting that together. Uh, because, um, you know, as interesting as a war in a foreign country that doesn't really have anything to do with us is, um, ultimately it doesn't have anything to do with us. Uh, you know, it has impacts on us and those impacts will almost entirely be economic. So yeah, um, we'll try, we'll, we'll try to bring the focus on what it means to you as right. a consumer. And, uh, and, and don't and, forget to tell them Stan that they do get three hours of undergraduate credit for, you for no, no, it's continuing ed. I can't offer undergrad, but it's continuing yeah. ed credit. So right. I, I do want to acknowledge on the stream and, and, and live to the world, Romeo, thank you for the secret intel you just sent to me. It's I'll, I'll keep the secret, bro. <laughs> and now everybody wants to, to know the secret. Thank you. It has to do with corned beef and cabbage. We're just going to leave it at that. Ah, there we go. Say no more. You 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 missed it by a day. That's okay. So so this is this is in today's uh, Wall Street Journal. It's just further evidence that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. The hunts in the silver market. The um, this is just further evidence that that it's very difficult um, to plug all the to be the little Dutch boy and plug all the holes in the in the, finan in the finance and or economic game. There's there's always a way. Uh, it's that's you can pull up the Jeff Goldberg meme about you know li uh, life finds a way. Well, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's um, it's tough. To, it's tough. Oh. Yeah finds a way yeah well yeah. You, you know and that's iran iran is probably one of the least connected countries out there um you know if you look at russia and its connections just you know even if only it's connections with china i mean you know that's that's i mean oh no don't help me don't hurt me with these sanctions you know i mean we've talked about this before yeah. the russians are almost uniquely prepared to resist these sanctions, especially once the national will starts to, you know, say, you know what, fuck the West, we don't need them, because I think as that's a, where the the I think that's where the Russian people are going to end up going. Yeah, as a I, country, I, people need to speak up about what we're doing with Iran because this is an absolutely ludicrous situation. I'm sorry, Stan. Go ahead. No, I, it's it, I, I don't want to monopolize the commentary, but I just. Many of us have been watching this uh, attempt at uh, JCPOA 2.0, which, from what we're able to see, is probably worse than JCPOA 1.0. Right. In that, in that, we we are negotiating through the Russians. Um, I want to repeat that we are negotiating through the Russians to craft a new deal with the Iranians, in which we will have carved out the Russians from any sanctions action related to ongoing Russian economic projects in Iran, including maintenance and, and operation and repair and 
and taking spent uranium out of the Bushir uh, power uh, nuclear power plant. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's just remarkable. It's just absolutely remarkable. I think, I don't know how much money is stacked on pallets ready to go, but it's a lot. And then removal of sanctions and, and we're going to buy oil. How, and much, gas. how much of the money on pallets is going to go to Iran and it can be turned over immediately to Russia because Russia is, you know, going to, you know, do all that work on their new nuclear power plant. Well, there's a commission too. Uh, don't 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 lose sight of that. I mean, there's a finder's fee in terms of in terms oh, yeah. of that aspect of it. And yeah. then the rest of, the rest of it, a lot of it's. And this is this is the interesting aspect that people don't talk about, and that is in JCPOA 1.0, all of the cash, not all, but but a substantial amount of that cash went to um, to support Assad and to Hezbollah and to the Iranian hegemony that's being built. And very little of it was used to improve the lot of the Iranian folks. The other thing that's equally disturbing or just just another just another thing to add to the stack um, is is uh, IRGC uh, being taken off the terror list. Terror watch list. Um, Take it right off the terror watch list. And, you know, the answer to say what the. Stan was saying, you know, that that's also another place where some of that money went um, to fund them and their little activities all over the place. Uh, So so did I did I miss our response to Rabiel again still? Yes. Yeah, I think you did. (laughs) I did. Yeah. You're not not paying attention. I wouldn't quite say you were missing it. Yeah. 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 It never happened. In in your defense, it was easy to miss because it didn't happen. But. Um, okay, for for the chat though, so uh, you know, we already we're have. Tant- we're tantalizing you with some of this JCOP, JCPOA, and uh, you know, uh, Iran talk. Um, the, there's a whole companion piece uh, to that about what the Saudis are, are talking about doing um, with their ballistic missiles, and then potentially how they could, how they would obtain uh, nukes to put on their. Uh, and then why Israel is being quiet all of a sudden on uh, on Iran, um, usually quiet, you know, for Israelis, it, you know, proceeds a uh, an, an active response. So um, just keep all this stuff in mind. Um, I think uh, Saturday, guys, if you're interested, I think maybe we we turn an hour of our talk on Saturday uh, to the to Iran and, and the region and kind of bring in the JCP. I mean, hell, depending on how it goes outside of just maybe a little update on Ukraine, maybe we could, you know, do the whole show on Saturday uh, to that topic yeah. and maybe a couple other ones we need to talk about, but man, that is a real important one. And, you know, the funny thing is, is, is it has almost as much chance, if not more uh, of getting us in a shooting war before, um, uh, before actually the Ukraine thing does, unless, you know, unless well, we have, this statement right there says it all would mean a more violent Middle East. Raise your hand if you think the Middle East is not already pretty violent, right? Yeah. Um, so it's going to get worse. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a genius. Rick tell, told me so. All right. So, yeah, I think I think that'll be a good talk. I think it's, you know, it's something that we've kind of talked a little bit at, but we really haven't, um, you know, spent a lot of time just kind of diving deep into it. So 
Um, so let's go ahead and put that on the calendar for Saturday. We'll, like I said, we'll have some other updates uh, dealing with Ukraine and maybe a couple other things. But uh, the main focus will be uh, kind of some of the Iran and general Middle East issues centered around the JCPOA. By the way, Comrade Corgi, I did see that we pulled that F-35 up off the bottom of the South China Sea. Oh, God, yeah. finally? Yeah. yeah. About a week and a half ago. Yeah. That was what? Wasn't that like eight thousand feet or something like that? Some crazy. I, I, don't, something, know. I don't remember. Some pretty, pretty. But we had to get to it before the Chinese. Yeah. Mm. I thought they. Well, yeah. So this is this goes back to why we wouldn't be reason number fifteen why uh, we wouldn't be in this situation if we had a different POTUS. Well, you know what? The Abraham Accords have had an impact on this. Um, I think it's shifted the the order of battle in the event that. Uh, things get hot with the Iranians. I think think a response to Iran, especially if this thing goes through, will be done with Saudi Arabia, UAE, and and Israel coordinating their response. Yeah. Uh, And that's that's huge. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a that's a sea change. And you know, while the while so correct me if I'm wrong, but uh Egypt is not a, a member of the Gulf Cooperation Council. Correct. Right? I mean, and, you know, so the Gulf Cooperation Council, you know, they pretty much kick Qatar to the uh, to the curb. And those guys that are left are pretty much the, the key members that have, you know, started talking and dealing with the Israelis, you know, in the case of countries like UAE and um, Bahrain. Else, uh, Bahrain, they they're out in the open, but Saudi Arabia has been doing back channel stuff to include military uh, talks and, and coordinations, and I think Jordan as well has done some of that with Israel. Um, though I have no firsthand knowledge of any of that, these are all things that I've heard uh, in various uh, investigative uh, news pieces. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting, you know, a nuclear Iran makes strange bedfellows. Well, it's it's a it's a multi-layered onion that, as we peel it back, it you know one thing leads to another, and and I mean appreciate Josh bringing up the Abraham Accords because, you know that was, that was a big thing. Is somebody finally actually achieved something in the Middle East instead of, you know like who's the who's the failed senator who didn't win re-election? I know we'll make him the special envoy and and he can waste money like John Kerry does on his climate change crap. Yeah, I. I I think the Abraham Accords were actually pretty interesting. I mean, when a when an American uh, administration actually decides they want to make a deal, you know, they kind of find a way to make a deal, right? I mean, yeah, the, well, pro- the, the problem is, I think, is so many of these beltway, you know, institutionalized politicians, you know, they think the deal has to be a certain way. And if they can't, you know, you know, kind of pet their pet ponies. Uh, then ultimately well, they can't get a deal. That that means they don't want to make a deal. They just want to make other people well, happy. Well, if I work out of the State Department and I make deals and solve problems, I work myself out of a job. So, did you say the State Department? Yeah. Or, okay. Well, it's it, but 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 Joe's right. I mean the uh, it's it's in it's in the lobbyist's best interest to keep the uh, the controversies and the conflicts alive. Because to solve them would would put put the K Street guys out of a job. That's and, why you. Um, that's why USAID why never solves a problem. Which is why we're led by men like this. 
Stop. Uh, oh my god, there's so much wrong with that photo. Make it go away. God. We said we said no bodies on YouTube so that we don't get demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Hey guys, you know, speak, speaking of the body of that meme, uh, what did what did you guys think about New York Times coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, yeah, the, the laptop is totally real." I yeah, I knew it was real the entire time. There were well, friends. I'm, I think we all it. did. I think we all did. But the point is, is that <laughs> I, I, why would they ever come out and 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 admit to it? Is my question that I've I've yet to hear an answer for this. Probably because the because charges may be about to be filed by some obscure court somewhere, and they want to be ahead of it. But yeah, well, but what's also interesting, you we briefly touched on it was uh, many of those people in that in that Zoom chat, the former heads of the CIA and or the uh, DNI um, participating in in that chat signed that that letter, as well as a, a bunch of other you know, senior people, the, you know, the next tier down, many of whom I, I know and, and I confronted and uh, on Twitter yesterday. And uh, it was, uh, it was funny to watch them uh, tap dance, thread the needle. Well, what I really meant to say was, and, and I didn't know the letter was going to be used like that. And, da, 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 and I go, wow, you, I always knew you were stupid, but I didn't realize you were that stupid. But um, <laughs> they, because they were, they were totally motivated by, we hate Donald Trump and, and he's going to take us to the brink of war, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's, he's not the right guy. He's a Putin asset, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, these are guys that used to be in charge of our intelligence collection programs, clandestine human against Russia, um, a, a, you know, against other enemies. And, but they, they, they totally went there and, um, it's it's really it's, it's really disturbing to watch them basically you know cast off the uh, you know I'm I'm just a I'm just an intel collector I'm not really uh, I'm not a I'm not a partisan kind of guy oh yeah you are and uh, I mean one guy remember he tweeted um, after uh, the uh, the uh, 2020 election um, you know there's a big crowd outside the White House cheering you know Donald Trump's out of the you know yay and he said I went there with my wife you know and it reminded me when I was stationed in Bucharest and uh, you know the the Romanian people you know you know cheering that Ceausescu and his wife were out of power I go you remember what happened to Ceausescu and his wife shortly after that right mm -hmm. they were they, they were, were taken up yeah, they were brutally executed. I, I mean, so after a five-minute trial. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it took that long to read the charges, um, but but this was this is the extent of these people. And then when you confront them with their like WTF, you know, what the hell, guy, and uh, they go, well, you know, you you don't understand. Then they try to play all that that inside the Beltway crap of of you know nuanced language and this and that. It, so back to that Zoom ch show. These guys are just—they're talking out their ass. They're trying to be relevant. They really don't know what they're talking about. None of them do. And anything that Clapper touches, run away the other way. And uh, you know, anything Jim Clapper says, it's the opposite. Just well, these guys are all, these guys are all now scuttling back into the woodwork. That's that's what this is. I mean, they're they're just trying to find a way to get out of the out of the the the, the light that's been turned on. Right. And, and to answer Romeo's question, that was Mark P. Romeo. And because John Cipher, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we don't talk because I, I accused him of actually helping write the uh, the Steele dossier. 
as part of uh, as part of uh, Brennan's uh, Tiger Team, anti-Trump Tiger Team at, at the agency. He didn't appreciate that too much. Hey, let me ask you real quick. I mean, I meant to ask you this earlier when we were talking about something else, but I mean, clearly a lot of the guys in the field have to be made of sterner stuff. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't some snowflakes that are that are getting through the farm, but oh yeah, uh, but the the people, the analysts, I think, I mean, you know, at least in the military side, you know, I know people have said the analysts at the CIA are really the ones that you know, have been heavily infiltrated. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, without I a mean, doubt. So does can we even trust the the analysis we're getting um, from our from the IC if it's if it's essentially groupthink, like, you know, partisan groupthink? Well, are you talking the IC or are you talking the agency? Because there's well, there's I, I think very I think it's probably I, I got it. I mean, there's 18 different parts or eight, 16 or 15. I can't yeah, remember. There's a lot. Yeah, but but I think a lot of the same agencies are all dealing with you know the similar issues. I mean, you, clearly you're speaking about the, the agency, but right. But I, I I also worked a lot when I was in Afghanistan with with the uh, with DoD analysts, and and it was interesting when you would compare and contrast um, a incident X the way uh, the way either anal- you know either side uh, referenced that or wrote about it. It was uh, one was very negative to. Uh, um, reinforce a, a policy decision instead of actually just saying the truth and then which was the agency guys and then the uh, the military guys were more straightforward you know you know this happened that happened bada bing bada boom type of thing and uh, it was uh, it was always funny to watch the uh, as they tried to reconcile the two uh, different points of view over a, over a same incident it um, because words matter, and the way things were communicated in in the uh, presidential daily brief and and other products, um, it mattered. Because, um, and I could see that when I was back in D.C., the way the analysts were totally in bed with, you know, whatever the policies guys wanted. They they said you have to conform the intelligence to say this. Hey, uh, not that they'd ever said that, but hey, Ron, is isn't there an an additional dynamic? You know, I, I don't remember. I don't remember when it started. Uh, where the agency took, uh, you know, chiefs of station and 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 a permitted, I guess, a DI kind of guys to be chiefs of station versus DO guys. I don't know. There was only one. There's only been one. Oh, really? That was more than that. Well, uh, as far as I know, I mean, and it was, and they bragged about it. I mean, and uh, they bragged about it in one of our leadership courses about how the DI guys now had an opportunity to be COSs, and and you should have seen all the all those little guys get all little chubbies and and you know like their morning wood and what all. But um, the only one that's as as far as I know was John Brennan when he was COS Riyadh, and that's public okay. record. Yeah, and he was an idiot then, and as he still is. <laughs> Is he the guy that was a communist when he was younger? Supposedly. When he was younger. Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I wouldn't... Hold on, I, I, I have something younger. for that right here. Hey, Romeo, we'll, we'll, talk, uh, we'll talk privately offline. We, we, can, we, can, we can trade uh, tidbits about, you know, who, who the assholes really are. You know, you know, Ron. We've had several guys like yourself who have previous experience. Whether it's Romeo or you know, Max is, was a, was a former paramilitary guy as well. Maybe right. that would be an interesting show is to get a bunch of you guys on to, to you know to kind of talk about things. You, you know, from the actual, 
Well, I mean, you know, we're not talking not about sure the how things legal that happened it would be, in the past. It'd be a great show. We're we're not talking about the past. We're talking about the future, guys. We're, we're talking about the personalities that are out in public and and um, our history with them. Without just you know personalities, we're not talking so, about any operations. It would kind of be like the View, but on secret stuff, right? <laughs> right. And Stan, if if you like, you you can play you can play the Anne Navarro character. Okay. No, 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 no. That's not me. That's not. Or you can play Whoopi. I don't care. Either one. Well, you know, if, if you ask me, I'll do it. That's not a problem. I, I, I'm like Zelensky. I can be whatever you want to be. Well, well you know, I, or need me to be. Just wear an extra tight T-shirt for us. There you go. That's yeah. I ordered my blue and yellow face paint because I'm going to spend the weekend with a Ukrainian flag on my face, uh, just to let everyone know how it's going to go. And if we all did that, we could probably end the war. Make sure you paint it right side up, not like the teachers' union. You notice after I put that out, they deleted the tweet. You know, I, I heard someone just offer an absolutely brilliant thing. They're like, hey, most of these Ukrainian flag people have no idea what's going on. What would it be like if we all just started posting them upside down? No one would know. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't know that it's upside down. <laughs> what I They're think like, we should right. do is walk around with an unlabeled map of Europe. And anyone wearing a Ukrainian flag or wearing blue and yellow or whatever say, <gasps> pin the flag on Ukraine on this map. Well, here, here's the, here's an interesting thing I noticed this morning. So I dropped my daughter off at school, and some other kid, teenager, walking into the high school, had some sort of like thing taped on their her backpack, and it was like Ukrainian flag colors, and I couldn't read what it said or anything like that. But clearly, this you know public virtue signaling is is you know is getting to the lowest levels at this point. You know, like teenagers who literally have n n no say. No stake, no interest, no knowledge. The only thing they want to do is they know on social media that it's a big deal. And so they want to, you know, virtue signal and show the, and you know, the whether it's a, it's yeah. a gay pride flag or it's a trans flag or now in, it's a Ukraine flag. Um, I just think it's very interesting. I want to be an influencer when I grow up. Ukrainian oh, it's, everything. it's funny. I don't see them with this one very often for some reason. It's odd. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't have it at the, uh, you know, at the store. Maybe. <laughs> What's a Ukrainian U-boat flag? Yeah, I mean, obviously. I, I want to see that's, when the first. That, person... That's the Ukrainian friendship wheel. I want to see from the, the shark person... of Kiev. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see when the first person flying a French flag gets mistaken for a Russian flag, and then you know they get beat up or something like that. You know, for being yeah, horizontal, a vertical, it's, it's it's all the same. Yeah, whatever. It's the same colors. Yeah. So, so we should introduce a predictions uh, segment in into this. Oh, I like situation. that. I like it. And and uh, you know. Sort of like sports talk radio. We need to we need to make predictions. Well, I always go back to the McLaughlin group. That was their final thing. You know, yep. predictions. Yep. More Kondracki. God uh, help us. We well we Wrong. could do worse. We, we we could do worse. You know. Uh, the stock market will go up by ten percent. Bye bye. Well, I loved that show when I was. I'll, a kid. I'll tell you this. Um, they didn't get the traction they thought they would with one American dead. So by the end of day tomorrow, we'll have three or four Americans killed in another incident. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to see the first, you know, American Legion guy who is, uh, he stayed the fight even after the, the missiles came in and he died bravely on the streets of Kiev. Well, and you know, let me, let me, let me just put on a tinfoil hat for a minute. How hard would it be to say five Americans were killed in fighting yesterday with, with absolutely no evidence? It wouldn't be right. It's easy yeah, to just it say it and make it true. And, um, wasn't that the I, I Gulf didn't. of Tonkin? No, sorry. That was a different yeah, right? Yeah. It's a lot easier in the social media area. A lot of people think it would be harder. It's actually a lot easier because people believe things with zero facts based on who it comes from. Right. So, That's because there's fact checkers. Oh, right? yes. We fact checked ourselves and we said we were telling the truth. You mean so, we're not? Here's the other thing. You're going to find a, an American died in Kiev, like defending the city. And then a week later, it's going to come out that he was actually uh you know deserting and they shot him deserting and then like you know they went ahead and just put a gun in his hand and then said look at this amazing amazing defender i just gotta bring up that i found an image of fact of american fact checkers real quick just <laughs> wanted to make sure we all knew what this was or <laughs> <laughs> uh, mario he doesn't deserve that all right, we're we're over we the done? two hour. I think I think uh, I think we've uh, we can put a pin in this one. I, I'm really looking forward. Uh, we got 36 hours before, or give or take, uh, before our next show, and I think um, you know the 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 Iran focus show. I think will be pretty interesting. Um, you know, if you're here Ooh. for uh, Ukraine uh, input, we'll still have some. Uh, some updates on Ukraine, but the the lion's share of the next show will be focused in and around the all issue, all things uh, dealing with uh, Iran, the JCPOA, and uh, and some of the other implications through the wider Middle East, and some other indicators we see. We can make some more predictions at that point because I think there's predictions aplenty to be made. Um, did did anybody see the uh, car carrier that sunk right in the middle of the uh, you know providing the more barrier reef material? Yeah, the I artificial thought, reef pro project. I thought that was interesting. I was just hoping it would say it was a bunch of Ferraris. Then we could take uh, Stan's uh, pirate vessel over there and see if we can get a couple Ferraris out of the. Uh, That's absolutely right. That's the whole point. Is uh, and we've actually had offers to uh, increase the fleet. Uh, Ironically, that's the second car carrier that has sunk in the last 30 days. Yeah, yeah. there was, uh, well, third if you're counting worldwide, because there was another one that sunk off of, uh, there was another Iranian one that sunk. Um, well, did that one in the Atlantic sink, or did they just abandon it? And right, it, it caught fire and they abandoned it, and eventually the spire, fire spread and then it sunk. Yeah. Wow. And then there was another one carrying Porsches to Rhode Island. No, 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 no. First. no, no. My well, new truck Porsche, will not the, end up there. The Porsche, that, that was around March first. Yeah, the Porsche one. Porsches in. Yeah, the Porsches in Bentley was, was the one that caught fire. Ah, so the other one was the the ever run by Ever Given. Um, yeah, sorry, the the Evergreen Shipping Evergreen Company. Evergreen Shipping was, Company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was another one of theirs, not the Ever Given, but a different one that uh, hit a reef in Virginia two days ago. Um, Virginia, did it, right? Did it did it run aground so or did it sink? It's, it's, it's in the it ran aground. It ran aground. It's not going to sink. Okay. Yeah. It's just as Joe likes to say, it's going to go up in a mushroom cloud. It hasn't so. blown up yet. We'll just yeah. leave it at that. I read some of all fears. Well, we can always block the Suez Canal again, too. You know. 
Well, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past somebody. You know how much how much would that uh, cost Iran for them to use their kind of, you know, to get a, a tanker in the middle of the Suez Canal and then and then scuttle it right in the middle of the Suez Canal, like right when they decide to, you know, make their move. Well, I think you I think yeah, I was going to say I'm not sure they do that, but I do think you'll start to see if this JCPOA thing drags on. Uh, this is a sort of look ahead at. At tomorrow night but i mean I, I i my prediction is that thing continues to drag on the iranians get um impatient we're going to go back to fast boats in the straits of hormuz and limpet mines and all sorts of stuff well, like i that. think that's what happened saturday right they were frustrated with a lack of progress yep. lobbed a couple of rockets and then we tripped over ourselves to reach an agreement so <laughs> It, it puts the lotion on its skin, right? So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So where are we, where are we sitting? Uh, let's see. We got 90 likes. Let's see. I know we can make it to a hundred guys. Let's, let's see. Uh, let's see the likes uh, go up, get up to a hundred. Clearly 10 of you guys, well, there we go, 91, clearly 10, nine more of you guys haven't uh, hit the, uh, the like button. Um, so in addition to hitting the like button, that's great. But, uh, you know, if, if you're a fan of this show and if, uh, if you're interested in some exclusive con uh, content from the, uh, council, uh, consider joining as a member. Uh, it's, a uh, you know, it's that little button that says join right there, uh, 